0: Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, what a disaster Saturday was! I, I there's no other word for it. I think everyone who follows the Bengals had such high expectations for this week. Was thinking this was a not not quite a, a gimme win, but a game they certainly should have won against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and instead, it's more of what we've seen earlier this season. A lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball, and the Bengals mm-hmm. end up falling thirty-four to eleven. They're now eight and seven. We'll get into where this kind of puts them in the playoff picture. It's maybe not as dire as it looked after they lost that Saturday game. But Jerry, what are what are your initial thoughts off this kind of Week 16 disaster and just what happened against Pittsburgh? How how could this possibly happen?
1: Yeah, I mean it was the roundhouse right off the bat. They just never really recovered from that 86 yard touchdown to to Pickens, and I mean we talked about it last week. You, you could see this. Maybe coming that the, you know, Pittsburgh is a dangerous team when they get in this position, when they're in December and things aren't going well. And, um, you know, they, they had the adversity with, with Pickens and, and, you know, people questioning his, I don't know, want to, um, and, and then Tomlin's future. And it was just, it, it felt like the Bengals needed to go in there and, and get an early lead and kind of take the crowd out of it to, to, for that to go in their favor. And it was the complete opposite. It was the, the worst possible Start for them, and then I thought, I thought it was impressive the way they answered the the pickens touchdown, where they drove right back down the field it was probably their best drive of the game, and just Browning makes that terrible mistake to, you know, he said he thought he was throwing it away, and he just didn't get enough on it, and um that quickly turns to fourteen nothing, and then you know everybody saw what happened after that. It was it was just ugly. They were beaten at the point of attack, even. Even if there was no hole there, every time Pittsburgh ran the ball, you just see the entire scrum of the line getting pushed back three, four yards every time. They really missed D.J. Reeder. Uh, again, they were not able to run the ball against the Steelers defense, just like we saw the first time they played last month. Uh, just a total – I mean, if you were drawing up the the disaster recipe,
0: mm-hmm. every, every ingredient was there. We saw it on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think – let's start with Jake Browning because – Up until this game, I think Jake Browning didn't really look like a backup quarterback. I mean, in any capacity, I think you saw him manage comebacks. You saw him put up statistics that looked like an NFL starter and a guy who could play in this league for a long time. Saturday, I think he looked like a number two quarterback. He looked like what you would expect a backup quarterback to look like against the Steelers. He was 25th out of 32 quarterbacks in in QBR this week. He was 25th out of 28 in EPA per play. It just didn't look like the type of Jake Browning performance that we've seen in in these past games that first interception you mentioned he he meant brownie mentioned he was trying to throw away that ball i mean I, i don't know does that does that make it any better i mean if you're throwing it throwing the ball away and you can't get it out of bounds i mean that's not a that's not a great sign either that second interception it looked like the steelers were throwing playing cover two he just didn't maybe didn't see eric rowe the safety kind of lurking there but Eric Rowe was on a practice squad this week, this time last yes. week, and now he now he's picking off Jake Browning. I mean, that's not what you want to see. And then the last interception Jake Browning threw, it looked like Alex Highsmith kind of dropped off the edge and, into coverage, and Jake Browning never saw him there, which I think has been an issue for Browning throughout this entire season—is not seeing guys maybe in his throwing lanes that weren't there before the snap. Um, I don't know, Jay. What do you do? You think this is kind of. And where Jake Browning normally, this is like his usual level of performance. It's kind of hard to say because we've seen him play well against good defenses. We saw him play well against the Vikings, who are a really good defense. I don't know if it's just the AFC North, if it's just the Steelers. If it's just a bad game, good quarterbacks have bad games too. I mean, that's that's not out of the realm of possibility. But this was not the same Jake Browning that we've seen for these past few weeks. Yeah, I I think the difference was kind of what we talked about, where Pittsburgh jumping out to that
1: huge lead – And then they, they were able to just, those pass rushers were just able to tee off and come after him. And, you know, the Vikings did the same thing. They got a a lead and, but they, they blitz a lot anyhow. And and they drop a lot. It was all that confusing defense that we talked about. And, and Pittsburgh wasn't blitzing a lot. They were just getting the pressure with, with the the four men, four man rush. And I think that kind of led to, to, you know, I don't know if Browning's clock sped up, but he definitely was locking in and, and, like you mentioned, not seeing guys that weren't there before the snap. And, you know, it's probably somewhere in between. I, I will I don't want to say this is who he's gonna be. Yeah. Um, but you know, what we what we've seen in the through his first four starts was not who he's gonna be either. You wouldn't think. I mean, that's just it was a historic start with the production and the numbers he was putting up. And you had to figure there was going to be a drop off at some point. But that I mean that was just a cliff drop Saturday night. It was it was really, really not I mean he's still he still made some, you know, you think about it where three interceptions and all that pressure and the stat line could have looked a lot worse. They, they still found a way to move the ball. It wasn't just disaster after disaster, but it was just, they couldn't finish those drives and, you know, getting to the five yard line and getting stopped on fourth down. And mm-hmm. I mean, what I think, I think they, they drove the ball inside the 35, four times and didn't get points on any of yeah. them. Um So that other than the, the, that, that late field goal, when they, yeah. They did, which was a curious decision. too, I don't know yeah. why. Because you score a touchdown there, you, it's still a two possession game going in the fourth quarter, and I don't know what that field goal actually did there, yeah. but other than just to say, hey, we got some points. Try to build some momentum that way. But yeah, I, I think you know what we're gonna see from Jake Browning if we see him again. Who knows? You know, maybe Joe Burrow comes back next year and plays every single game. But if we these last two games against Kansas city and Cleveland. And then if we do see him in another situation where he has to come in, it's probably going to be somewhere between what we saw against Indianapolis and then what we saw against Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you mentioned that Jake Browning, there were some decent throws that he made. There were some impressive throws, some sideline throws. I thought Mm -hmm. that that showed off some arm strength we hadn't seen in the past, but those turnovers were just killer. Absolutely killer. And, And there's, when you lose a turnover battle like like you like they did on Saturday, I mean, the, we don't have, we can look up their records, and if if a turnover battle is lost, they're never great. Uh, it, but it wasn't just Jake Browning though. I think the offensive line had a lot of trouble on Saturday against Alex Highsmith and against T.J. Watt, Jonah Williams, and Orlando Brown. I mean, this was the game from hell for them. This was just an absolute disaster. P.F.F. I credited them, credited them with eleven combined pressures and two sacks. Uh, just I think this offensive line we've talked about it in the past, it was kind of meshing. Um, playing against Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward is a much different test. And I, I, they clearly could not hold up in pass protection Um, in the fourth quarter. They gave up a sack to miles Jack, who, you know, we talked about Eric Rowe just being on the practice squad. I wasn't even aware. I wasn't even aware miles. Jack had, had come out of retirement. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally missed this until I saw him playing in the game. I mean, he gets a sack on a, on a, on a linebacker inside stunt. We've seen, the Bengals have so many issues with defensive line games in the past. And that kind of reared its ugly head again here on the miles Jack sack. Um, the run game wasn't there either, Jay. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of help for Jake Browning. And I, so I think you can pin a lot of the, you could pin the specific interceptions on him, obviously the, those mm-hmm. poor decisions, but to pin the entire offensive struggle on him, I think is a mistake.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there was issues across the line and that's what happened. You know, you get behind it, you get taken out of your, your game and, those things happen. And it's just, I, it, Pittsburgh's just one of those bad matchups for them. They, they yeah. do that every time they play them, that they, they find a way to get to the quarterback and, and affect the quarterback. And, um, it, we'll see. It, it, it could look similar in week 18 against the Browns because it's the same thing <laughs> that it's a, they just, they struggle with Miles Garrett every time they play him. Um, maybe a little different, you know, this time being at home as opposed to week one on the road and the crowd noise is not the factor that it was. But, um, yeah, there's it, there's just so many you, you, you look and we're, we're going to talk about playoff possibilities. And there's just so many things they need to address this off season. And it, it's going to be a really interesting offseason to see how they prioritize them. And and, you know, a new right tackle is almost certainly going to be near the top of the mm-hmm. list. With, you know, Jonah not likely to stick around. And, you know, all those other guys are under contract. And it's yeah. not like they're going to revamp that offensive line. They're going to have to figure out a way to to get better with the guys they've got as far as those other four spots.
0: Yeah. I think we got to drill down onto this defensive performance real quick too. But I do want to point out like, there was a couple few guys on offense who had decent games. T. Higgins, five for one forty mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Um, I think showing that he can be that true wide receiver one when Jamar Chase is not on the field. Big game for him, I think, at this point in the year with his, with free agency coming, uh, with the struggles and the injuries that he's had throughout this year. I think that was a big game for him. Similar story kind of in, in the wide receiver depth chart was Andre Yoshivas, 4 yes. for 36. I think it was really impressive. Made some really impressive catches. Um, we don't know if, if T will be franchised, re-signed, w- whatever the case may be. Who, who could be playing alongside Jamar Chase next year? Andre Ushavas, I think, has made the most of his opportunities when he's gotten them. I don't know if that means a sixth-round pick is going to be able to be a, a starting caliber wide receiver in his second year, but I think he's at least put himself on the map for that role.
1: Yeah, and that was the the best. I mean, every game that he's played before when he's gotten the opportunities, he's he's had one catch. This was the most we've seen him involved, and I, I talked to him uh, Sunday in the locker room, and it was he was beating himself up over the one he dropped. The, the, he said, you know, he had to leap for it and he kind of peeked to see if anybody was coming to take a rib shot and it went off his hands. Um, he thought the one that they overturned, he thought he had it. he thought it was mm-hmm. simultaneous with with the hand and the foot hand hitting out of bounds, the foot hitting in bounds. The replay looked like it was just a tick first with the hand. That was, I mean, it's an incompletion, but that was a hell of a catch. Absolutely. Like he, to catch that ball and even have a chance to get the feet down. That's why they draft him the, the, that, the body control and the, the acrobatic catches that he can make. I don't know that he's ever going to be a number two in this league, but he, he's showing he can be the three. You know, that they go out yeah. and if they don't keep T, and they, get, they draft a, a wide receiver early first or second round to, to be the complement to, to Chase, then yes, absolutely, Yoshivas is looking, developing like he can be a guy that that they can count on in big spots with a lot more snap counts than what we've seen up till Saturday night.
0: Jay, what about this defense? This defense is just not good. <laughs> I mean, there's, um, there's no other way around it. I think we've maybe tried to make excuses for them at various points throughout this season because we've seen them be good, and it's – uh, it's most of the talent from last year had been in place. I think this I think this week you kind of saw the the importance of DJ Reader. Of him not being in there was absolutely massive for this team. Um, the Bengals are down to 30th in EPA per play. The only defense's worse are the Commanders and the Cardinals. I mean, that <laughs> is not where you want to be. Saturday, they were the second worst performance by EPA in the NFL on defense. The only worst performance was the Panthers. Again, not where you want to be. Mason Rudolph is a guy who's... Been re-signing for the league minimum with Pittsburgh, who hasn't didn't play. I don't believe he took a single snap in the NFL last season. He made two starts over the season, two seasons before that. You let him go out and throw for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns and don't turn him over a single time. The Steelers almost got to 400 yards again after, what, yeah. what was the streak? 58 games in a row <laughs> yeah. of no 400 yards. And now the Bengals let them get to 400 and almost let them get there a second time. It was just all the same issues we've seen all season long. Um, big big plays on the outside, giving up chunk yardage, not being able to get knee pressure, not being able to stop the run. I mean, it was everything. I I, I don't know that there is an answer at this point. DJ Reader isn't, isn't coming back. Um, Cam Taylor-Britt may come back. I guess we don't know. Maybe that could depend on how, where the Bengals stand in the playoff situation. Are there any answers here? Because I, I don't see any. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a little different where
1: a, a lot of these explosives that they've been given up this year have been, you know, up the middle of the field and, and guys finding holes in zones or, or miscommunications or blown assignments. And this was just Cheeto Ouzier getting beat one on one on two of them. Um, and then, you know, Dax Hill taking a poor angle on that first one to Pickens and taking out DJ Turner in the process. Yes. Um yeah, I, I, I just it, it feels like it's growing pains with the young secondary. I mean, Cam Taylor Britt was his first full year as a starter and he didn't play Saturday. I know that, but looking at the season as a whole and what's going wrong with this defense, you know, he's he's there. It's Dak, Dax Hill's first year as a as a starter. Um, and then DJ Turner's a rookie. It there's just there's so many it, it takes a while. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, Jesse Bates is terrific. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best Mm. safeties in the league. Von Bell is pretty good, but the the reason they were so good is the experience and the, you know, the mental part of it and just the the connection and the chemistry they had. And it's going to take a while to build that among this group. It it has to happen. I mean, it's kind of like I said with the offensive line, Mm. except for Cheeto, these are your guys. This is who you're going to roll with next year. They got to get it figured out and they got to hope it's better. Um, and and, you know that is a big part of it in the past rush hasn't been great trey hendrickson has been fantastic but they have not gotten the complimentary pieces there where it's it's not just the blown assignments it's it's the plaster the inability to plaster where the quarterback has all the time in the world to run around and and wait for you know these the the same thing the bengals do to other teams Mm -hmm. were these these off script plays where they just find a way to connect and the Teams have been, Houston in particular did that to the Bengals a lot. So it's, there's a lot they've got to, got to figure out. I, it, it's not going to be a blow it up thing. They, they need the guys that they have to get better, to, to play together better. And, you know, fortunately for them, Mahomes and the Chiefs have not looked like Mahomes and the Chiefs of late. And you got Joe Flacco. I don't know. I mean, he, you're talking about a guy that came off the couch and is his huge yeah. and but he's not playing like that so that's going to be a really interesting you almost think that the the browns with jo, joe flacco are going to be the bigger test for this bengals defense than what we've seen from the chiefs and mahomes over the last 6 weeks um yeah but again they're they're both winnable games if the defense looks anything like it did Saturday. They're, they're probably not going to win either. They've got to figure out a way to quit giving up these explosives and figure out a way to stop the run. I mean, Cleveland's going to do it. Uh, you know, that the chiefs yeah. might not have Pacheco, but yeah, you, you DJ reader week one without him. Maybe they've, maybe they figure some things out and, and, and it can look a little better this week and in week 18, but just way, way too many, Negative plays, explosive mm. plays, uh, and and to point of attack, like I said earlier, just getting
0: pushed back every single run play. Can't live that way. A couple other notes I had on the defense. Um, speaking of DJ Reader's loss, the Rams or the sorry, the Chargers cut Sebastian Joseph Day, who's a defensive tackle, uh, who overlapped with Zach Taylor for one year with the Rams. He's a veteran guy. I don't, he's not an all-pro. I think if you're looking for a guy who can come in and clog the run and, and take up some space, I think he's a guy that the Bengals could consider over these last two games. I don't know if that's something they want to do. They they claimed Travis Bell off waivers. They promoted Dominic Davis and have since, have since cut him. So mm-hmm. there's room maybe for another body there if they want to pursue something like that. Um, but, yeah, it was just a horrible performance. I think it could have been worse. Um, a couple plays, Mike Hilton let Deontay Johnson get wide open on a slot fade at the start of the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, and Mason Rudolph missed him. So... That could have been another huge play that they didn't give away. Um, No pressure. We said one sack on Mason Rudolph and only three quarterback hits. So Mm -hmm. absolutely let him have all all day. Um, Allowed them to convert seven of 14 on third downs. Um, That includes a Mason Rudolph scramble, who Mason Rudolph is not exactly the world's most mobile quarterback. And then we've talked all season about this bend but don't break unit, and they finally broke. I mean, that's what it Mm -hmm. was. They could not – They've been allowing teams to get in the red zone all season long. They've just gotten, whether you call it luck or whether you call it skill, they've been able to turn the ball over in those situations. That did not happen on Saturday. And when that doesn't happen, points are scored and you can't catch up. That, this is what happened. We see what it looks like. So that's, that's how it t- Saturday turned out. Where does this leave this Bengals team in the playoff race, Jay? If you look at some of the playoff predictors, the New York Times puts them around 17% to make the playoffs after week 16. ESPN's football power index about 18.2%. If they beat the Chiefs, not considering any of the other results which we'll have to get into because they're the Bengals are part of this huge mix of teams competing for a couple of AFC wild card spots. If they beat the Chiefs, that moves them to about a 50% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. It's, a, it's an absolutely massive game we're talking about, an absolutely massive two games. I think if the Bengals can win these last two games, they should make the playoffs. That would get them to the 10 wins. It's not guaranteed because there are so many permutations that could still happen around the league with so many teams still in the race. But if they get to 10 wins, that would give them a great chance of getting in. If they lose one of these last two games, their odds are obviously very, very poor. They don't hold any tiebreakers against the Browns, the Colts, the Texans, or the Steelers. So you're rooting for... You know, you're rooting for a team like the Texans to maybe win the AFC South because you do hold tiebreakers over teams like the Texans and the Jaguars teams that you beat or sorry, the Colts and the Jaguars. So you're so you're holding tiebreakers over them. It's a very complicated situation. I think the, the easiest thing for the Bengals to do is just win out. Whether they can do that or not remains to be seen. But that's the easiest way they could assure themselves of a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, if they
1: do win out, then the New York Times has them as a 94% chance to make the playoffs, which yep. is pretty incredible when you when you look at how jumbled it is. And really, if you think about it, it's at this point, it's basically the seven seed or or nothing. Yeah. because they've already been eliminated from the five seed. They can't catch Cleveland there. And unless you think the Patriots have an ups, a chance to upset the Bills? They're they they're not going to be able to catch the Bills. They beat um, them earlier this year. Yeah, but they <laughs> but to, to get even with them. I mean, yeah, they 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 need the Bills to lose too because the yep. Bills are already at nine wins. Yep. So it's just it's going to be tough. Um, the Bills do play the, the Dolphins in Week 18, and that that would be yeah. uh, helpful for the Dolphins to win that. Um, it, this week the the doll you don't want Miami or I'm sorry, you don't want Buffalo winning that division because you don't you don't you do have the head to head with Buffalo correct. And if he comes to Miami, then you're talking conference record, they're not going to win that there. So uh, a lot of games at play. It it, it would help I I need to look at it because if if the Jaguars uh, do win that conference or do win the AFC South. Yeah, I'm not sure how the the tiebreaker plays out with the Texans and the Colts because you know if if the if the Texans win that tiebreaker with them to be the the AFC South representative in a multi-team tiebreaker then the Bengals are screwed because they beat them but if it if it's if it's the Colts it wouldn't be the worst thing for the Texans not to win the division but the easiest way to get around that is have the Texans win that division Mm -hmm. and they are at home this week against the Titans that's a game they should win you know the Jaguars are probably going to win. They're at home against the Panthers, um, so if there's there's games that that Bengals will have rooting interest in this weekend. But it it's really that's and it's no surprise. But this is going to come down to Week 18 and how all those games play yeah. out. Um, and do what Bengals do what they can control. Win the last two. I think they'll have a really good shot at getting in. I looked if if they lose to Kansas City, their chances go down to like seven percent. Yeah. And so you're talking from seven percent to fifty, a forty three percent swing on this game alone. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I gotta have it
0: on sa- Sunday. I keep wanting to say Saturday because they keep playing Saturday games. I know, game <laughs> I know. yeah, on Sunday. And, and it makes it honestly makes the loss against the Steelers that much harder to deal with, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they gave that one away because if they would have won that, then they they could potentially drop one of these last two and still make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it, it it makes that sting even more. Um, just to, so a quick rooting guide for this week. I think if you're a Bengals fan, you're rooting for the Patriots to beat the Bills, yep. the Raiders to beat the Colts, Panthers to beat the Jaguars, Seahawks to beat the Steelers, and the Chargers to beat the Broncos. Titans over the Texans, I, I don't know. It's got, we don't know who to root for in that one because you might want the Texans to win the division, but you kind of want them to fall out of the wild card race too. Mm-hmm. It's a little complicated. Uh, there, there's a lot going on. Easiest way is for the Bengals to, to win this game against KC and win this game against Cleveland in Week 18 and, and kind of solidify themselves in the standings. Um, Jay, let's talk about this KC game. We're back here. Another, another game against the Chiefs at the end of the season. It's obviously not like the game that we thought we were going to get. It's not the, the Burrow-Mahomes rematch. It's not anything like that. But – the Bengals and the Chiefs still both have a lot to play for. The Chiefs, they're they're not probably not going to get the number one seed now. I, they might even be eliminated from that. I'm not sure, but they're they're not going to get that. The Ravens will likely get that, or the Dolphins. But the the Chiefs have still have something to play for. Um, you know, I think the number one question I think we have to look at is if Jamar Chase is going to be available. So he obviously did not play last week. Uh, we don't really know if he's going to be available this week either. Reports have kind of been all over the place. Some reports have said he's he could miss this week. Zach Taylor has been kind of quiet on the issue. Um, I, I think without Jamar Chase, I think this this could be a tough game to win. I think it could be a tough game to win either way. Um, if you could have Jamar Chase back in this lineup, I think that gives you a chance. But the Chiefs are dealing with their own injury issues as well. So Isaiah Pacheco, their starting running back, started uh, suffered a concussion last week. Yes. Most players this year have not been able to suffer a concussion one week and play the next. We don't know. We'll have to see on that. Jarek McKinnon's already on IR. There are other mm-hmm. running backs. So that would leave Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Kind of give us the the Clyde Edwards Hilaire T. Higgins <laughs> rematch uh, if it comes down to it. Yeah. Can kind of show the Chiefs what, what they're missing out on with T. Higgins. Um, Jay, what are your kind of initial thoughts on this game? I mean, it, it's such a different version of this Chiefs Bengals game than we've come to expect over the last few years, but still a ton on the line
1: yeah and a couple other injuries um donovan smith their left tackles missed the last three games if he yep. can't go you're talking about trey hendrickson against a backup a rookie a rookie yeah Wanya yeah, Morris. Yeah. yeah so and then and then trey smith um their right guard got hurt yesterday yep. in the in the christmas day game with a calf injury bengal fans know how tricky calf injuries can be <laughs> so we don't know if he's gonna play um it's 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 just surprising what i, I think a lot of bengal fans because they don't like the Chiefs because of this mm-hmm. rivalry that's developed. We're probably gleefully watching the Raiders beat them. And I was like, I don't know if that's the best thing for the Bengals. I don't know if they want an angry Chiefs team waiting on yeah. them coming on, on New Year's Eve. But it's it's not like they've been the Chiefs have been playing well and then they they just got whipped uh, on a holiday game. Yeah. They they've lost three or four. They've lost four of six since their bye. They've only topped 19 points twice in those six games. It's just, the offense hasn't looked good at all, all year. And now, you know, Kelsey's older, he's wearing down at the end of the year. He was not been much of a factor at all. Yeah uh, Kadarius Tony, who's been a problem, but he's still a yeah. weapon. He didn't play in that game on Monday. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think this, like I said earlier, I, I think the Browns offense might scare you more than the Chiefs' yeah. offense right now, but that Chiefs, chiefs defense is legit and they're, yeah. they are healthy. They all their starters. They don't have any injury issues on that side of the ball. Um, So we'll see. Um Legarius Sneed's been playing really good at cornerback. Yeah. Um if, if they if the Bengals don't have Chase, he can just follow T. Higgins all over the field and then it could be another Trenton Irwin, Andre Yoshivas kind of game for the Bengals. Um don't know about Chase. Like you said, Zach's been really kind of quiet on it. Um, when we talked to him, it was Sunday. The first practice of the the, the week is Wednesday, so there's a long gap there. He didn't want to say too much until they get into this week of practice. Tomorrow will be a big sign. It, it, if he doesn't practice, it doesn't mean he's ruled out, but if, if he can at yeah. least go limited, then you feel good about him having a chance to play against the Chiefs. And you know, Jamar is one of those guys where – Last year with a hip injury, he probably could have played it against Tennessee, but he wanted to take it one more game just to make sure yeah. uh, that was a different situation, not at the end of the year, not these must-win kind of games. But you, all everybody heard what he said about Burrow, take the first four or five weeks off, make sure you're 100%. You, you wonder, is is he a guy that is going to be willing to go out there against the Chiefs if he's not 100%? Because I don't think – I think I don't think there's any chance he's going to be 100 percent just knowing what that type of injury is. He's going to have to play through something if he's going to play and it's going to come down to to how healthy he is and how willing he is to go out there and risk it.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's a different situation this time around. I mean, with the, the mm-hmm. playoffs are on the line. I, we'll see. I mean, I think if he's able to play and kind of kind of assess where this team is and, and how big this game is, you'd like to think that he could be out there if he's able to go at all. Um, yeah, on the other side, I mean, Patrick Mahomes obviously is Patrick Mahomes. You're always going to worry about him. But the, the supporting cast has not been there this year in any capacity for Patrick Mahomes. And, and honestly, he hasn't looked like the same player either. I, yeah. I think the, the supporting cast is an issue, but he's thrown some interceptions this year that you just never would have believed that he would have been throwing passes like that yeah. in his past. So I think some of that has been on him as well. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that offense looks. I think they're, the Kansas City defense is really what you have to be concerned about, though, because that's who's been keeping this team in games. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's almost unbelievable that a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid-led team is kind of being guided by its defense right now. I mean, this defense is second in scoring, sixth in yards, seventh in EPA per play. They're the, That's top 10 in every major defensive category. And... They're not reliant on turnovers either. They're 23rd in turnover rate. So they don't don't have to pick the ball off. They don't have to get lucky with with Browning making bad decisions or get lucky on fumble luck. They're just straight-up good without even getting turnovers when they need them. They're number one in the league in pressure rate. They're getting pressure on almost 30% of dropbacks. They're fourth in sacks. You've got guys like George Karloftis and, and Charles Menehue on the edge. You've got Chris Jones in the middle, who <laughs> I think is going to be a massive problem for the interior of this offense. Yes, line. absolutely. I mean, there, there's, just no, there's just no question about it. Yeah, again, I, I think he is the guy that the, the Bengals offensive line has to devote all their attention to. But then you say that and you're like, okay, who, who's going to handle Karloftis? Who's going to handle Mike, my guy like Mike Dana, who's not a household name, but is consistently getting pressure against opposing passers. It's going to be a stiff test, I think. You you mentioned Legarius Sneed. They've got Trent McDuffie at corner. They've got an impressive group of safeties. It's a really good defense, I think. And then you've got a guy like Steve Spagnolo, who's yes. you know, he's right up there with Lou and Arumo in terms of, of like specific game plans, game mm-hmm. planning for an individual team. Um, you know, I, I think if a guy like Steve Spagnolo looks at a, a quarterback like Jake Brenning who doesn't have a ton of experience, who got rattled last week, kind of use some of that game plan that the Steelers did and and confuse him a little post-snap and make sure you're getting pressure up front. If, if I were Steve Spagnuolo, not that I'm telling Steve Spagnuolo how to, how to run his defense, but if I were, I think that's what I would do. And if I were the Bengals, I'd be concerned. I, I think this is an excellent defense to, to, to be facing. And it, again, it, it's strange to be more concerned about the offense than Patrick Mahomes, but I think that's where we are with this Chiefs team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the good thing, you, you, know, you look at it and, Lou has done a pretty good job with game plans against Patrick Mahomes. So um, it it could be one of those low scoring games where turnovers are a big deal or a big determining factor. And you mentioned it, what the, we all know what the the record is when you win a turnover battle. And, and you also mentioned how they're not, the chiefs aren't taking the ball away and Patrick Mahomes is turning it over. They're, they're tied for last in the league in turnover differential at minus ten, and the Bengals are tied for third at plus eight. So that, and that's even coming after a, a three interception game by Browning. So that absolutely could be the difference in this game. Is if the Bengals can turn the Chiefs over a couple of times, Mahomes just hasn't been able to to run the offense the way he wants to, and I think he you've kind of seen that from him that that some of those interceptions, uh, that the one for sure yesterday just was very uncharacteristic of him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what you're going to need from this defense to, to make a play like that, because it is going to be tough sledding for the Bengals offense. And, you know, we, everybody's talked about how the, the step that, that Cordell Volson has made this year, he's not, you know, anything close to all pro, anything like that, but based on what we saw last year, he has grown this year. He has played better. It's going to be a huge test for him with Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones just destroyed this offensive line last year in the AFC championship game. Um, That would be the number one concern. I mean, as good as Karloftis is, and and you mentioned the secondary, they've got to figure out a way to, to at least slow down Chris Jones. And Maybe it works to their advantage, right? You know, Burrow doesn't like the pressure up the middle. Jake Browning's good on bootlegs and, and throwing on the yeah. run. And if, if Chris Jones comes up the middle, but we saw in that championship game too, they would put him outside. They'll put Chris
0: Jones anywhere. And wherever he's rushing from, he finds a way to get back there and affect the quarterback. The last thing I would say for this game, and I, and I know it's not the sexiest thing, but special teams. I think both, both the Chiefs and the Bengals are top 10 in special teams DVOA this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Brad Robbins had a pretty decent game on Saturday. Yeah, he, he had some, dropped a couple punts inside the 10. I think he's shown some improvement that we definitely weren't seeing earlier this season. Um, if this turns into a lower-scoring game, if this turns into a ball-control game, Chiefs have a really, really good punter, one of the best punters in the NFL. Uh, you need to see Jake Browning be able to, to shift the field position, I think, if the Bengals' offense isn't able to get anything going against this defense. You've got you've to give – the Bengals defense at least a chance and not 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 let Patrick Mahomes have short fields, not shank punts and do these 35-yard punts that we've seen Brett Robbins do in games past. You gotta you gotta pin Patrick Mahomes back, I think, and at least give your defense a chance. Um, even if things aren't clicking on offense, I think there's a way to kind of make this more of a ball control game and keep it lower scoring.
1: Yeah, because that's what the Chiefs' offense is lacking most, is the yep. explosive plays they exactly. share. So if you make them have to drive the ball and Chiefs punter has a pretty good arm as well as we saw. Yes, yesterday he does. Yes, punt. he does. He was uh, he was Evan McPherson's holder in college. At, at oh Florida yeah. That Tommy Townsend was. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I agree with you. I, th- I think Brad Robbins. It not. It's not been like the Cordell Olson element where it's it's been all season long. You've seen the growth. It's been very recently because he's had yeah. his struggles as recently as a few games ago. Um, but I, I, all Bengal fans remember what drew chrisman did in the, in the AFC championship game last year, that especially that last punt just low right down the middle sets up the good return and then the Osai penalty and then the the walk-off field goal. So that, that will be a big part. I, I think you feel good about Evan McPherson. They're, 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 coverage units have been really good this year interesting that we saw chase brown back there to to return some kickoffs Mm -hmm. um, against the steelers and he never got a chance to um if if the weather's not great in kansas city maybe we get to see what he looks like and and maybe that could be one of those big plays a 40 50 yard that gives the bengals offense a short field um interested to see what chase brown can do but i agree with you i think special teams turnovers are going to be the two key
0: elements in this game absolutely all right, Jay. Let's get into how we think this week's going to go. Let's get into our bets and our predictions for this week. Uh, last week, let's let's re- recap how we did last week. I believe I did okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just remembering things positively in my own mind, but I think I did okay. Jay, how, how did we do last week? Yeah, you pushed. So
1: that's that's okay. good. Uh, you had the Rams, the Rams minus four and a half in the Thursday night game, um, and that they did cover. Uh, but you had the Bengals minus two and a half. They did not cover. Uh, I went zero and two. Um, I had a mix in anytime touchdown, which didn't happen. And then I had the Texans minus two and a half against the Browns, and, and that didn't have they didn't Even win the game. So uh, I'm now at minus 22 for the year. You're at minus 50. Uh, two weeks left to go to, to see if you can catch me here or if I can yeah. fall
0: apart, which is a very, yeah, long, yeah, very real is. possibility. So um, yeah, that's where we stand right now. Okay, I will go ahead and give my non-Bengals bet for the week that I'm actually going to go back to the same bet I made in week 14, which is the Chargers or the Broncos over the Chargers. Um, at the time, I was getting 3.5, three and a half points with the Broncos. This time, the Broncos are minus five and a half point favorites against the Chargers. But Chargers are going nowhere. Chargers are with an interim head coach on the backup quarterback. Broncos still have something to play for. I mean, their their playoff. They lost this past week, past weekend to the Patriots, but they're still kind of in the playoff race. They still have something to play for. Much better team than the Chargers at this point. I will, I will take them to cover five and a half. I should
1: have listened to my. I, I talked about the dead cat bounce last week. I was, I was very tempted to take the Chargers and that big number against the Bills, but I didn't think. I didn't, yeah. I was surprised that that game was that close. Same. Um Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try a parlay this is might be dumb because i've got the lead on you but i'm 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 also (laughs) playing the z the the even money i'm trying to get in the positive side so uh, i'm gonna go lions plus six at dallas um i think you know dallas probably wins that game but the lions have been terrific on the road this year they still can get the number one seed dallas has pretty much lost their chance to win the division there could and they're they're just it feels like they're just locked into that five seed. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the, the Lions should be able to cover that game, maybe win it outright. Um, And then I'm going to go Ravens minus three against the Dolphins on the on the backside of that parlay. I just okay. the Ravens, man, so impressive last night. Very impressive. Uh, this this game is for the number one seed essentially. Uh And I just, I don't know. I even after the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, I just it just feels like. That's a team that that just struggles against quality opponents, and um, I, I know the Ravens are on the road, but i i like I like Baltimore to to win that game and cover and clinch the number one seed. So I'll, I'll do, that'll be my
0: parlay: Lions and Ravens. Okay, I like it. Yeah, with the Cowboys, we're I guess we're set up for another a second straight Cowboys Buccaneers first yeah. round playoff game. It's two years in a row. Um, All right. My, my bet for the Bengals game is going to, I'm just taking the under it's, I saw it at 45 and a half. Um, I am taking the under. I just think that both of these offenses are struggling right now and it's not going to be the shootout that we might've thought coming into the season, obviously with no Joe burrow and and how this chief's offense is playing. I I have much more confidence in the chief's defense than I do in the Bengals defense, but I, but I just think both offenses will struggle enough that we'll keep this a lower scoring game.
1: Yeah. I like that. I, I, Probably, I should have thought more about that. I'd I like that bet a lot. I, <laughs> I, I went, I took Bengals. I, I it was eight. It's I, seven and a half before we came on mm-hmm. the show. I, anything over a touchdown, I just, I think it is going to be a, a low scoring, closer game. Um, Bengals have gotten blown out this year. I, I went back and looked. They've got three losses of twenty one points or more. Um, it's, it's rare that teams have three losses and still make the plus play- three losses of 21 points or more and still make the playoffs. But, um, one team that's done it was the 2014 Bengals. They actually had four losses of 21 points or more and still made the playoffs. So, um, I don't, I, I just, I don't see it happening in back-to-back weeks. I, I, I think Lou has a good plan for, for Patrick Mahomes. He may not have the, the pieces that he's had in the past, but the turnover issue the special teams i i just i feel like the bengals are going to keep this close so i'm going to take them and take the points but i am not going to pick them to win i just I, I can't on the road with what we've seen um i i'm gonna go 24 17 kansas city bengal's cover by half a point
0: we're on the same page this week, Jay. Oh, yeah? Okay. I hate, I hate to say it, but I'm saying Chiefs 23, Bengals 17. Oh, wow. So really we're only, we're only yeah. one point off. I Could I see this game going the other way? Yes, I yeah. could. I, I could see that score being flipped. I just think with a game in Kansas City, it's hard to count, against, to count out Patrick Mahomes. It just really is. I Can't you just see him scrambling and making some play, converting a first down and getting them into field goal range or scoring a touchdown at the last second. I, I can see it as much as I don't want to see it. I can see it in my mind's eye. And I, I just, I think it'll be a close game either way. I, I, I think that it'll, it'll be lower scoring. I, with the game in Kansas city, I'll give, I'll give them the edge. I, I don't feel good about it. And I think it could flip, but that's where I have it. 23, 17 chiefs.
1: Yeah. You, you, they absolutely can win this game. They have a, a, a Better shot, that I think people are giving him, but yeah, I just can't pick him after what we saw last week. And I know last week it has nothing to do with this week, but there there were issues there, and those issues could rise up again in this game because of what you said. Because of Patrick Mahomes finds a way, even without the all, the weapons he's had in the past, and you saw it in that that Raiders they couldn't finish drives, but he still made some incredible plays, moving yeah. around, uh, buying time, making completions, um, and scrambling with his feet which he does so well so i'm right there with you i think it's close throughout and the chiefs find a way to get a game winning score late in that game
0: yep all right so that is our show for today it's an absolutely big game this week i mean Mm. everything on the line everything on the line so Bengals fans we know you'll be rooting for the Bengals against the chiefs and of course rooting against all the other afc wildcard contenders and Hope that the Bengals can emerge from week 17 with at least still be in the mix. At least they will be in the conversation heading into week 18. I think that's all you can ask for at this point, Jay, anything else before we sign off for this episode? No, I just, I hope if
1: the Bengals do lose that that some of the fans out there, not the ones that watch this show, but some of the ones that just pop into Twitter, will have a new year's resolution to just be a little more realistic on Twitter. just the, I don't know. It, this team was going, they were playing so well. And I think it was maybe end of the first quarter when I first started getting my fire, Zach Taylor tweets sent to me. And it's just like, <laughs> come on people. It's, it's one bad quarter. It's one bad game. Just, I don't know. I get frustrated. I know, I know fans are passionate and, but firing a head coach and blowing everything up when you look at the way this thing is, it's just never going to happen. It's not the right move. Just, Take the loss, move on, enjoy. Watch the ball drop. Enjoy some drinks. Enjoy New Year's. Make <laughs> make some make some resolutions to to be a little more realistic on Twitter
0: in 2024. Zach, Zach Taylor is not getting fired anytime soon. I think we can all yeah. put that to bed. It's one game. I think this coaching staff has done a very impressive job with with a backup quarterback in the situation they've been, been put in. So, regardless of how this weekend turns out and how the season turns out, I, I think Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan have have done a fine job. Uh, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Thanks again for everyone for listening. Hope everyone had a great holidays. Everyone enjoyed the new year. Um, Watch this game. Root root against the other AFC uh, AFC wildcard contenders this weekend. We will talk to you next week and discuss everything that happens in Week 17. So until then, thanks again for listening.